and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another episode of World Wrestling Radio Live right here on twitch.tv slash ringscoopsguide and ringscoops.com. It is Thursday, November 14th, 2019, and we are we're almost done with this year. We are almost done with 2019. But no, there's more. We are almost done with a decade. Think about that, man. Think about that for a minute, right? We are almost done with another decade here. It just seems like yesterday was the year 2000, and we're about to hit 2020. Wow. Think about that. 20 years ago, people were going crazy. They were going nuts. You know? Y2K, right? Y2K, it's going to tear tear the world apart. Y2K. Nobody knew what was going to happen. They thought all the machines and computers and all kinds of other things and technology was going to destroy humanity. Did that happen? No. No. Well, it wasn't really technology destroying humanity in the way they thought it was going to be. I think there are aspects of technology that has made humanity a little bit better. But I do think there are also things about technology that us as a human race started to take uh, for granted. A lot of the, uh, the convenience level of technology that kind of destroyed a lot of what makes us us as far as uh, a decline in communication skills decline in interpersonal communication skills um, an increase in people wanting to become a star an increase in people wanting to be heard wanting to uh, be a celebrity right um, there was a documentary about that a while back that uh, I remember we watched it a couple times in some of my classes when I was uh, studying for my bachelor's degree in communications. I think Dateline did something on it as well. Very interesting. A lot of people that were born after the year 2000, you know, they grew up with iTunes and YouTube and, you know, all this social media, Web 2.0, you know, at their, at their fingertips. You know, it was ingrained in their daily lives from the get-go. See, I was born in 83, right? By definition, I guess I mean, you can call me a millennial. Um, my upbringing, I think, uh, was way different than a typical millennial. Uh, my older brothers, my brother Ryan was seven years older than me. My brother Anthony is 10 years older than me. Um, growing up, 
I was into a lot of the stuff that they were into. Uh, I wasn't really into a lot of the things that people my age were necessarily into. There, there was you know a couple things here and there, right? And I know you, everybody's they thinking yeah, this is a wrestling show. What the hell are you talking about with uh, with generations stuff like that, right? But yeah, just a little intro to the show here. It's kind of like instead of just dumping jumping right into it, diving head first. We're you know we're gonna talk a little bit, talk a little bit about life. But uh, yeah, you know there there's some things people my generation, people my age that I was into, but it wasn't a whole lot, uh, especially growing up. Um, you know, like my teenage years too. There was a lot of things that like. Uh, people I went to school with, you know, issues and stuff they were dealing with. And I was just like, all right, look, I get it. We're the same age. We're in the same grade and all that kind of stuff. But like, I have a whole different thought process behind a certain, certain things than a lot of other people would that were my age. And I, I, I continue to find that trend even in adulthood. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, technology has definitely had a, played a major part in that, um, Growing up, sure, we had some we had some cool gadgets, we had some cool, you know, technological advancements and whatnot. You know, come from the old uh, arcade and, and and game console age, you know, before the whole multiplayer uh, thing broke out. Um, back when I was growing up, multiplayer was having all your friends come over, and you were, you know, twenty people in a little tiny bedroom fighting over who's going to play, uh, you know, Mario after somebody dies, right? That was multiplayer when I was growing up. Uh, I loved it when they had the accessories that would come out where you can plug in to your controller and you can, instead of having just the two controllers, you can have four controllers on your console. I thought that was cool too. Now, you know, nowadays they got games out there you can play. There'd be hundreds of people playing at the same time. It's cool. It really is. It's a cool thing. But yeah, man, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, 1999, 20 years ago, people were, were going nuts over Y2K. And now 20 years later, here we are. I mean, everybody's still in a panic. It's not over technology that much. It's over a lot of other stuff. But hey, but that's what I like um, about some of the changes. I mean, everything is, is different than it was 20 years ago, but it's also still the same, right? Uh, and technology. Technology has changed a lot of things. Technology has definitely changed the world of professional wrestling. Back in the day, 20 years ago, right? You want to watch Monday Night Raw or you wanted to watch WCW Nitro. Like, unless you were in a big market or you had some kind of money, you know, like TiVo and stuff like that wasn't really available to you. Um, it, it, and I know in my area it wasn't. I didn't have access to anything like a TiVo or anything like that. So, like, if I wanted to watch, you know, both shows, thankfully, we had a TV towards the end of the Monday Night Wars that had picture in picture. So I was able to watch like Monday Night Raw on the big screen and then like a little tiny box up in the corner. I'd have Nitro. And if anything that I saw on Nitro, you know, that would grab my attention, I'd hit the button to flip, you know, flip the screens and vice versa. If I was watching Nitro, I saw something on Raw, I'd do the same thing. But nowadays, like a lot of people have like, you know, with their computer setups, they have two monitors or they have like more than one TV or they'll they'll have a TV on or a computer on, and then they'll be watching something on their phone as well, or a tablet or a laptop. There's a, it's different than it was 20 years ago, and a lot of that stuff is is taken for granted now too, because like you know a lot of people can just go out there and get a Chromebook for like 150 bucks, and then they can watch TV and with their 150 dollar Chromebook or even a 60 dollar tablet sit there on the couch, and you can have like two things going on at once, maybe even three. So it's a lot easier now to consume media that way. 
And not only that, but you know, back in the day, like you had to have cable TV or if you had money, it's satellite, right? Whereas nowadays, all you need is internet connection and you have access to everything. So the way things are consumed nowadays, way different than 20 years ago. But there's a lot more stuff out there to consume now than there were 20 years ago, too. It's a lot easier to get to it, like I said, because of the Internet, right? Uh, Distribution is different because of the Internet and because of streaming services and whatnot. What everybody likes to talk about nowadays, the streaming wars, right? Like we had the format wars in the 80s, VHS and Betamax and all that. And then, of course, there was another short-lived format war with uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD. VHS was uh, the Betamax VHS Betamax was the better quality but Disney and porn went with VHS so everyone went with VHS Uh, the wrong format won that one Uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD the right format won that time Blu-ray was superior so now we got the streaming wars right what streaming service is the best and I don't think that's a fair assumption to say that it's a war and, and you have to pick which one is the best because it comes down to content and content is very subjective. Uh, there's a streaming service out there that you may like that has a lot of stuff in there that just resonates with what, you know, is aligned with your uh, interests and likes and all that stuff. And it may not be aligned with mine and, and you may have a certain uh, emotional investment into it that, that I don't have and vice versa, right? I'm a big shill for WWE and WWE Network and all that stuff. So, of course, I'm going to have the WWE Network. Um, there's a, I like to go back and watch a lot of the old pay-per-views. I used to have a, a ton of VHS tapes, a, a ton of uh, DVDs. I don't need that anymore. All I need is a, is a decent internet connection, and then I have access to all that stuff anytime I want. And it's at, at the palm of my hand. It's at the palm of my hand. Is anywhere, take it with me. I don't have to, you know, oh, I got room in my backpack for a DVD or a tape or a couple of them to take with me if I go somewhere. So, you know, that's that's definitely a plus. Um, I know there's people out there like, oh, dude, I don't know why you spend 10 bucks a month on the WWE Network. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to you. It's worth it to me, though. And, I mean, not only that, but I was having a conversation with an old high school friend of mine um, the other day on Facebook, and we were talking about... Um, uh, brand loyalty and all that stuff, right? And I know like a lot of wrestling fans hear brand loyalty and they're just like, oh, I'm loyal to AEW, I'm loyal to MLW, I'm loyal to the WWE. That's brand loyalty to them. And, and, and in a way, that's right. But brand loyalty and the term that we were discussing it uh, runs a little deeper. When, when, you're, when you're a kid, your parents buy certain brands. You may buy Cheerios, Chef Bayardee, um, you know, stuff like that, right? Hershey products, um, Lay's potato chips, maybe a, you know, Coke instead of Pepsi, right? So when, because you, that's the, the brands that your parents got when you were a kid, when you're an adult, and you're on your own, you get your own family. More than likely, you're going to buy those brands. It's brand loyalty. The same thing happened with me, you know, same thing happens to you, I'm sure. I bet you nine out of 10 items in, I mean, you got more than 10 items, but you know what I mean, right? Nine out of 10 times, it, it, you go and you look in your kitchen, the stuff that you have in your kitchen right now, it's probably going to be the same brand, same kind of stuff that you had when you were a kid. It's brand loyalty. I have that with the WWE. 
not to say that uh, I'm shitting on any other product out there, but I do have a, a brand loyalty to the WWE because of my upbringing, because of the memories. Like last week when I was talking about that, um, about my Uncle George and I, with so many memories I have uh, spending with, you know, time with my Uncle George, and we'd be watching the old WWE t- uh, tapes. Once in a while, we would get a WCW tape, you know. Uh, once in a great while, I would I would go and visit him, and he'd be watching WCW Saturday night, you know. At the time, I was so young, I didn't understand that there was a different promotion. I thought it was just the minor league stuff. I would look at it and be like, what is this redneck crap, right? But as I got older, I understood what was going on, you know. So I have a, an emotional connection to that, to that past. Uh, me spending 10 bucks a month doesn't necessarily reflect that I completely support and say that their product is worth that right now at the very time, right? But just for the convenience of having the video library, and there are some other things on there that are brand new to on WWE Network that I enjoy watching. Uh, I enjoy watching, you know, Table for Three. Some of the documentaries are, are great. And instead of having to shell out so much money to go and get the DVD and wait for it to be here and all that kind of stuff or go to the store and, and get it, uh, when they release that, it's it's just right there immediately. It's it's available for stream, and it's, it's the highest quality stream in HD. But I know there's a lot of you that, that are tuning in tonight because, uh, you know, I've been advertising. It's in the name. World Wrestling Radio, right? Wrestling Talk. Stop, stop talking about what happened 20 years ago. Stop talking about technology and all that kind of stuff. So let's jump right into it here. I got my on my whiteboard over there. I got some topics and I got some tabs open um, with some news and whatnot. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Full Gear. AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Full Gear. And I know it's been almost a week since the pay-per-view, right? It was last Saturday. It was, what, five, five and a half days ago. But anyway, just the results. Uh, let's see, we had uh, Britt Baker uh, defeated uh, B Priestley at the uh, the pre-show, the buy-in, whatever they call it. Uh, then uh, the, the pay-per-view opened up. With uh, Pride and Powerful defeating the Young Bucks. Um, I thought that was a, a pretty interesting and, and, and good match to, to kick things off. I, I always love it when a pay-per-view starts off with a good hot tag team match. It reminds me of, you know, back in the day, the WWE pay-per-views would start off with a hot red, you know, tag team match. You know, the Rockers versus, like, the Orient Express. Uh, Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys. You know, something like that, right? So, like, AEW kicking things off with with, with two tag teams that can go. Uh, Proud and Powerful and the Young Bucks. And I think they, they put on a, a, a pretty good match. Um, then we also had uh, Hangman Adam Page and Pac, or Pac, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Page defeated Pac. And, of course, you know, this week on, on, on Wednesday on Dynamite, they had a... They had the, uh, the the rubber match, right? The rubber match. I think it was supposed to be the rubber match, right? I, I, lost, I lose track sometimes with these things. But, uh, yeah, anyway, Paige defeated Pack. Then we had uh, Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too into that match, actually, unfortunately. Um, but Spears did defeat Joey Janela in that match. 
Um, oh, by the way, I, I, I did enjoy Paige and Pack, And it's funny because it was just recently I went on this thing about, you know, how much I'm not really digging Pack and all that stuff. But I thought their, their match at full gear, I'll give credit where credit is due. I thought it was a, a really good match. Uh, the pacing was pretty good. The action was pretty good. The story was was, was damn good. So uh, Then we had the AEW Tag Team Championship. SCU defended against Private Party and the Lucha Bros. I was expecting a little bit more out of this match. Not to say it was shit. It wasn't shit. Um, I just expected a little bit more out of it. Uh, SCU retained the titles. Um, it was interesting at the uh, at the end of the match, right? When the lights dropped and all of a sudden another Pentagon was in the ring and it turned out to be Christopher Daniels. And he actually got a pretty decent sized pop from the crowd when he took the mask off and revealed that it was himself. So the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, is back. So um, I definitely think that was something that really helped out that segment, in my opinion. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying it was crap or anything like that. It wasn't. It was far from it. Um, it was good. It was good. Uh, AEW Women's Championship match. Riho took on uh, Emi Sakura. Um, Sakura. How do I want to pronounce it? Uh, still saying it the same way, just different. But um, I, had, I say that because I had people talk shit about me over the weekend, or not about me, but you know, bring it to my attention, saying, "Oh man, your your fucking name's up like crazy, bro." It's like, all right, well, you know what? I am I am new to some of these people. Some of these people are new to me, so give me some time. But anyway, I really enjoyed this match. You know, the whole teacher versus student story that they told. I thought it was a, a really good match between the two. Um, I think this is something that AEW can can use to build their women's division around, which rightfully so. Riho is the women's champion. Um, Riho successfully defended the championship uh, against Emmy. Um, one thing I, I, I enjoyed out of that match, uh, not necessarily part of like the match itself, but it was, it was the commentary from Jim Ross when he started stuttering and stammering because he kept getting Emmy's name wrong and he kept calling her Amy. And then he got into like this little, little loop. He was on repeat and he was just like, Emmy, Amy, 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 Amy. And then he was like, good grief. You know, <laughs> it was just, it was just funny, you know? Not ragging on JR or anything like that, but it was just, it was, it was interesting. I've had situations like that. I get a little tongue tied in commentary. Uh, I got a little tongue tied just uh, this past week doing commentary for Desert Pro Wrestling. And, uh, you know, I, I felt kind of bad, but luckily I was doing it post production here at the studio. So I was able to stop it, go back and redo it. So fix that up a little bit. But yeah. Um, in my opinion, I actually, and I know I'm going to get shit for this. I really am. I'm going to get shit for this, but I do not give a crap because it's my opinion. And if you don't like it, that's fine. It's an opinion. Just like if you have an opinion and it and I don't agree with it, I'm not going to hate you for it. Okay. I, I'm just not, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to hate you for that. We can have different opinions. Um, I thought this was match of the night. Riho and Emi Sakura. I thought was, uh, I thought it was match of the night. I really do. It was it was it was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. And I'm glad that it was so up high on the card as well. Because the match after that was the AEW World Championship match, Cody versus Chris Jericho. And this had a stipulation that if uh Cody didn't win the belt, 
if he wasn't going to beat Jericho, that he wasn't going to challenge for the AEW World Championship ever again. I thought that stipulation was a little premature. I said that last week during my predictions. But who am I? Just a just a wrestling fan sitting at home expressing what he likes and what he doesn't like. But uh, Chris Jericho did defeat Cody via referee stoppage because MJF threw the towel in. Uh, as far as the match goes, it was it was okay, um, in my opinion. Um, I didn't really see anything bad about it. It was what it was. It did what it needed to do. Um, Cody and Jericho can go in the ring. Jericho is being built up as a phenomenal champion. Cody is the baby face. Cody needs a lot of uh, sympathy behind him. So the way that they did the finish was good. MJF throwing the towel in. Cody looks strong. Jericho gets a win. His title run continues. He has another opponent under his belt. So obviously he looks very strong in that. And like I said, Cody didn't tap. He didn't pass out. Um, the towel was thrown in. So so Cody uh, doesn't lose anything really here except for just the match, right? Uh, MJF gets in the ring after Jericho leaves. And MJF and Cody have an exchange of words a little bit. Cody says it's okay. And then MJF kicks Cody in the balls. He kicked him in the ding ding. Kicked him in the ding ding. By the way, if anybody out there uh, watching, if you guys want to call into the show, uh, head over to the Discord. Let me put the, the thing in the chat here. If you want to call into World Wrestling Radio, join the caller waiting room on Discord. Please be patient. Your call will be answered soon. When you're in the waiting room, um, then I will click on your name. I will drag you over into the World Wrestling Radio live voice chat. And uh, you'll be on the air. We could talk about wrestling. We could talk about what's going on. So there you go. Okay, cool. And again, the link is there is is there in the, uh, in the Twitch chat. But anyway, MJF turns on Cody. Now, we knew this was coming. If anybody says they didn't see MJF turn in on Cody, um, you know, I, I would like to hear their reasoning behind why they didn't think uh, at any point that MJF was eventually going to turn on Cody. Or even vice versa, if Cody was going to turn on MJF. There was going to be a turn somewhere. I think 90% chance was MJF turning on Cody and a small 10% chance of Cody turning on, on MJF. But the turn happened, and there seems to be somewhat of a divide with wrestling fans online because a lot of the uh, the hardcore, very loyal from the very get-go, and when I say from the very get-go, I mean like from the, infant, the infancy days, right? Uh, from its infancy, I'm trying to say, uh, of the rumblings for AEW. People that watch Being the Elite, for years on YouTube, all the way up until right now, people that, that have tuned in to that product that long, those people are saying that 
um, MJF's turn was perfect timing. Those that have been watching AEW from the TNT debut until now, or even you know, double or nothing, we'll say double or nothing up until right now, and have only been exposed to just their television and pay-per-view products, say it was too soon. And I get and I understand completely both sides of the coin on that. My thoughts on it, though, I am not one of those that have been watching this from the YouTube days. Um, I started watching it double or nothing. Technically, all in last year, I watched that. Watched some of the press releases this year leading up to double or nothing. And then I'll watch that. But I never, I don't watch Be the Elite or whatever the, the YouTube show is. I don't watch any of those. I watched um, the majority of their pay-per-views before All Out. And then, of course, from day one, I've been watching every week. I've been watching Dynamite. So, yeah, to me, based off of that, the turn did kind of happen a little too soon. But am I mad? Am I angry by that? Would I have done it differently? I would have done it differently, yes. But I'm no nowhere to be mad because um, I knew it was going to come. And I was very on the fence about it. Very, very on the fence about how I felt about it until Wednesday night. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But I got no qualms about it. You know, it is what it is, right? So now we got the, uh, moving on, we got the lights out match. John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Oh, boy. Moxley defeated Omega, by the way. I don't think Moxley needed that win, to be honest. I think Omega did. I think um, if if you were to do like a tell of the tape between the two, who can get momentum quicker out of those two? I think John Moxley can get momentum a lot quicker than Kenny Omega can. So with that being said, and with how both have been displayed on their weekly television leading up to this, I think Kenny Omega needed that victory a lot more than John Moxley did. But it is what it is, right? So, the match itself. Personally, wasn't my cup of tea. But it was received very well by the majority of the audience. And that's a good thing. Because you made those people happy. And at the end of the day, that's what you want to do. You want to make the majority of your audience happy. And that's what they did. They succeeded. It was a success. My opinion don't matter. I am not their target audience. I'm just a guy that likes wrestling, happened to be doing nothing on a Saturday night, and watch Full Gear. The fact that I watched it was a success because I watched it, right? I watched it. I saw what happened. So they got me on there. Um, there were things that I, I could uh, I could pick apart in the match. Would rather not uh, for various reasons. I did have some random girl jump at me on Twitter and try to start some stuff with me because, uh, <laughs> because it, on the Lights Out match, they said on the pay-per-view, they were like, all right, we're going to turn the lights off and we're going to turn it back on and the Lights Out match would start. And then there was a referee in the ring. And then Kenny Omega had wrestling gear on. And so, sarcastically, I put a tweet out there. I said, okay, so for a lights-out match, we're going to turn the lights off and turn them back on for the lights-out match. Okay. 
So this 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 random girl decided to 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 start jumping on my back, claiming that I had factually stated I expected them to wrestle in the dark. I never said that because one sarcastically I was talking about it because you know a lot of fans right they talk crap it, back in the day it, up to right now too you know you see like a certain like it's a hardcore match something like that WWE or Last Man Standing or something like that or Hell in a Cell and how they had the referee stoppage and they just tear it apart and and a lot of those people are very malicious with it and they they're very serious about it so in a way I was kind of mocking them a little bit but it was just also funny because. I'm a communications major, so like language is is very huge for me. So when you say that you're going to turn the lights off and turn them back on for the lights out match, it's just funny to me because if somebody did not know anything about wrestling and if they if they read that, if it was in writing and they read that, they'd be like, "Wait, what? That makes no sense." Now, I know, I know. Oh, it's stupid to think that way because wrestling fans know what it means, right? Yeah, they do. They do know what it means. And that's why I'm saying I wasn't legit like, oh, they should wrestle in the dark. It's a light out match. I wasn't like that. But this chick was trying to make it out like that. And it's funny because I cracked a lot of jokes about the pay-per-view throughout the night like I do with any show I watch. If I'm watching WWE, if I'm watching MLW, if I'm watching NWA, if I'm watching Impact, I'm watching AEW, if there's something that... I see that's funny to me or ironic. I'll throw a joke out there. I'll post a meme. I'll make a meme. And this chick got on my ass about it. And I was doing it all night on the pay-per-view. But the one match she did that to was, was that match, right? So I go to her profile and I see that she is a huge fan of John Moxley. <laughs> so it made sense. That's why she came at me. It wasn't because of what I said. It was because she perceived me to attack John Moxley in his match. And that was not the case. Because one, I never even mentioned John Moxley's name. And second, I never said anything insulting about the match. I never said anything negative about the match. All I did was just say, turn the lights off and turn the lights on for the lights out match. You do the math on that. But anyway, wow, half the show, holy crap, half hour now has gone by. This show is already halfway over. All I did was talk a little bit about technology and generations and all that stuff, and then full gear. To wrap up everything, though, about full gear here, um, I thought it was a, I thought it was an okay uh, pay-per-view. I didn't have any major problems with it. Like I said, I'm not their target audience. So, you know, nothing's going to scream and jump at me and be like, whoa, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. But I'm not going to shit on the product either. I mean, there are things that that peeved me at times that just didn't make sense to me. Sure, yes. Some of the finishes, I was like, eh, well, you know, that's the way they want to go. I mean, hopefully it makes sense of it for me, um, you know, going into it with their with their weekly show on TNT. I was never angry. I never wanted to kick in my TV. Uh, you know, I, I never wanted to, to go on a rant. I, ne- I didn't, after a match, I didn't feel like I had to, like, send angry texts or angry tweets to people. Um, I didn't feel that way about the pay-per-view. 
I don't feel that way about a lot of things. You know, and that's the, that's the hard thing. You see somebody's tweet and you read it. You read it in the voice that you have your perception for it, right? So if you are a huge fan of something and something just remotely looks like it's negative about something, you're going to read it in a very negative voice in your head when you read somebody's text. You don't have that person's context or tone of voice when you're reading something like that. So it's very easy for things to get askew. So if you were to read my tweets on Saturday night during Full Gear, you read those tweets and then you hear me talk about my thoughts on Full Gear here on this program. You're gonna you're you're definitely gonna get two different ideas in your head of what I thought of the pay per view. In my opinion, the one to go with is this one right here tonight. Because like I said, you can hear the tone of my voice. You can hear me explain things. I don't have two hundred and eighty characters with no tone to try to express myself. So there you go. That's what I thought about that. You know, one of the things that um that happened this week in professional wrestling real quick. I wanted to talk about a little bit was Sankara Sankara request his release from the WWE. Oh boy. He's got a long post about this, right? Uh, I don't, I don't want to read the whole thing, but uh, he was very respectful in his request and his public announcement for his request. Right. Uh, talking about, he's very grateful for the opportunity um, he thinks that the best years of his professional wrestling career are coming and that the best is yet to come. And he's very thankful for the WWE for the incredible chapter in his career, stuff like that. Very respectful guy. Um, uh, I like Sin Cara. I like the character, whoever's playing it. You know, if they can go, they can go. Right. There's been two guys to play Sin Cara. I like the character Sin Cara so much that, uh, when Sin Cara debuted, I remember it was uh, not too long after I started coming around the independent wrestling scene, right? Trying to get into the business. Started hanging out with Jesse Hernandez, School of Hard Knocks, Empire Wrestling Federation. And uh, and Jesse had a connection down in Tijuana to get you know wrestling masks, right? So he was going down there t- for a trip to get some wrestling masks to sell at, at the show. And I remember hitting him up and I said, hey, Jesse, uh, you know, if I give you the money, could, could you grab me a Sankara mask while you're down there? And so he did. He brought, brought it back. And uh, I did some, instead of, uh, you know, paying cash for it, I did some work for him. The old, the old, uh, the old art of the barter is is still alive, ladies and gentlemen. You can still barter for things nowadays. So you can do some work for things as opposed to just completely just shelling out cash for it, right? I know that's a big shocker to a lot of people, but you can still do that. It still works. Sakara, man, I love the character. I wanted the mask. I got the mask. My buddy D.A. and I we started a, a little comedy series, a little, little short, short form series called messing with Sankara. Um, of course we were, we were, we did a storyline we never followed through with it because we knew that eventually if this thing got big enough that WWE was going to come after us. So we knew we couldn't use the name Sankara. Right. So I created a, my own character by the name of Lee Seattle, disabled, crippled, whatever. Right. And I made my own mask from scratch. It was a blue mask and it had the handicapped, symbol on on each side is the ears and then you know i had like uh i was in, kind of inspired by abismo negro's mask with uh, like the black visor you know for the eyes and then uh the mouth wasn't opened it was just like some cars where it wasn't open and it had a straight line going across for the mouth with a with a padlock symbol over the line like his mouth is locked up and that's what we were going to do but we never got around to doing that because that was going to be our own 
character is going to be the adventures of Lee Seattle. So Sankara had an impact on ringscoops.com in the early days because we had a, you know, a weekly comedy series about that. Sankara asked for his release. I don't know yet if he's got it. He may have, I don't know. I know he, he took on Drew McIntyre and raw this week. I kind of want to talk a little bit about raw. I got some stuff listed on my board. Like I said, um, let's see raw highlights. Uh, show started off with the Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I thought it was a really good opening match for the night. Uh, like I said, with the the whole full gear thing, I, I love it when shows start off with a real red hot tag team match. Those are always matches that can go a while because you got more than two individuals in there. You got four. You have a whole different story to tell, a whole different dynamic. And because you got more people in there, the match go a little longer. There's a lot of emotion into it. Who can make a tag? who separates the ring, who's cheating, who's doing stuff behind the ref's back kind of stuff, right? Just really good story. And that's exactly what they did with this. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors defeated Lynch and Charlotte by pinfall, and it was, was a, this was for the Women's Championship, the Tag Team Championship. Uh, there was uh, Drew McIntyre and Sankara. It wasn't really like the greatest match, but McIntyre did defeat Sankara. Um, it, was, it was expected to be a squash match, but like Sankara did get some some offense in there, uh, especially with earlier in the day with the news breaking about Sankara asking for his release. Right. But, um, you know, yeah, we, we knew who was going to win this match, but it was not the squash that we thought it was going to be. Or I should say the, the squash that I thought that it potentially could have been. So, yeah, 24, seven champion, uh, Samir Singh, and uh, Sunil Singh taking on R-Truth. It is what it is. 24-7 championship. Uh, it was it was nice to actually see it defended in a match in the ring. An actual match, right? It was it was nice to see that. Um, uh, the Singh brothers uh, having a, a, a fresh little, little thing there with the uh, 24-7 championship. It's kind of cool to see that. See R-Truth chasing after somebody for once. You know, it, it wasn't bad. Uh, that match ended in a no contest. So, yeah. Uh, we got an interesting match here. Seth Rollins versus Walter, which turned into Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Street Profits versus Imperium. Um, and uh, Rollins defeated Walter by DQ. And then when it was the tag match, it was Rollins. KO and the Street Profits defeating Imperium by pinfall. Um it wasn't wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was nice to see Walter on Raw. This dude, man, Walter, holy crap! This guy, this guy has got a future in the WWE. He's got a future in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I would protect this dude at all costs. I would have had Walter just completely annihilate everybody, in my opinion. But you know, that's cool. Whatever, right? Um. So yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not mad that Imperium took the took the fall here. It was nice to see them on on television. I'm glad with this whole NXT invasion thing going into Survivor Series that they're also including NXT UK. It's a very nice touch to it, especially with what happened on NXT. We'll get into that in a little bit. Andrade versus Cedric Alexander with Andrade getting the victory. Um, this wasn't wasn't too bad. 
You know, I I I, I dig Andrade. I dig Ale- Cedric Alexander. Two great mid card guys on the roster. That um, it'd be nice if they did something together, get into a program together. And by the end of it, they're both a little elevated, and they can go on and do something with uh, with you know an upper mid card, lower main event kind of guy. Um, I would love to see some stuff with uh, Seth Rollins and Andrade down the road. How cool would that be? I think those guys can have a good series of matches, right? Uh, maybe even uh, Bobby Lashley and Cedric Alexander would have. Uh, I think they would have some, some some good matches down the road as well. And speaking of Bobby Lashley, uh, the next segment: Lana fakes a pregnancy to further torment Rusev, and that's 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 all I'm going to say about that, right? Uh, <laughs> go to YouTube and watch the clip if you want to know what happened. If you want to see what happened in the context of things. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Uh, some people said it was garbage. Other people I've talked to said they really loved it. Um, I've heard, you know, some people express that they, they, they felt that Lana really delivered a strong promo here. Um, but like I said, I've also seen other people say it was just garbage. I, I have not seen anybody that was in the middle of the road on this. i I, for one, after I watched it, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with this. Eric Rowan versus a local competitor. And Rowan got the win. I just, I don't know what they're doing with him. Like, he's got this big cage out. Like, Bad News Brown coming out with a big sewer rat almost. I I just, I don't get it. But, you know, it's too early for me to say that I don't like it or anything like that. If he's actually going to be on his own, it's going to be a good thing. Um, I've been very vocal in the past about this whole, like, Every time Rowan or Harper are on television, they're always together. And it looks like they're going to do some stuff with Eric Rowan here, some good stuff, and hopefully you know, it builds to something very nice. Uh, the Viking Raiders versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. It's a really good match. Uh, it was a very short match, but it was a, I thought it was a very good match. Um, the, the Viking Raiders were put over big time. They got the win, obviously. But Andrews and Webster's, um, you know, they'll get their time eventually, right? And uh, f- even for a short match is what it was. Uh, you could tell that they had some pretty good chemistry in there. It just kind of, I don't know, it kind of irked me just a little bit that they took the fall uh, or that this match, I shouldn't say took the fall, though obviously Viking Raiders should have got the win. I think this match should have took place before the whole Seth Rollins and duo, you know, or Seth Rollins and gang taking on Imperium. I think they should have done that because that way people would have probably had it in their minds that, oh, wait, you know what? Uh, UK guys lost earlier. There may be a chance that Imperium may pick up a victory here. And then if you're shocked the world by not giving them the victory, I think it would have, you know, card structure, right? You know, card placement. Uh, the OC t- took on Randy Orton, Ricochet, and uh, Humberto Carrillo. Orton, Ricochet, and Carrillo beat the OC by pinfall. I thought it was a strong TV main event. Very, very strong. I was not put off by it. I thought it was a very solid Raw this week. I enjoyed it. All right. Now... We're coming. You know what? Before I forget, I just want to briefly touch up on this, and then I'll talk about the Wednesday night shows: AEW Dynamite and NXT. 
Uh, WWE backstage. The big elephant in the room. CM Punk came back. <laughs> I know, this is people are going to be listening to this. You're going to be like, wait a minute, that's how you're going to say it? You're not even going to have any build to it? You're just going to say, oh, CM Punk is back. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm not trying to downplay it, ladies and gentlemen. I was, I was excited. Uh, when I saw the headline, uh, and when I say excited, I'm not saying that I marked out. I'm not saying that I popped. When I say I got excited, it was more of the fact, like, when I saw that it happened, I was like, oh, wow. Like, there had been talk about him potentially being signed by Fox to be on the backstage show. So it wasn't like a complete shock for the fact that he was going to be on the program. It was more of the timing. Because they're closing out the show and Renee Young starts going into like hype mode, promo mode, some mystique added to it. The music hits. And it's funny because like, you know, damn well, all the hosts on there knew he was going to be there, but they were, they were playing it up like, wait, what? Huh? And then I think Paige was like, oh, is this a rib when the music started? Which I thought I thought that was a nice touch for her to say something like that. Right. Oh, is this a rib? Because, you know, I think a lot of people may have been thinking that, too. Like, oh, this is going to be a rib. But CM Punk actually came out and then CM Punk, you know, said something along the lines of like, right, when you think that you have the answers, I changed the culture or something like that. Then he says, I'll see you next week. And they they fade to black. And I thought that was very well done. Um, It was enough to get people's attention. It was enough to say, whoa, Punk is back. And he said, we'll see you next week. I can't wait to watch next week to find out what his role is going to be, how he's going to talk on television, what his thoughts are on the product. Is he going to be truthful? Are they going to censor him? You know, those kind of questions start popping in your head, right? I know they did for me. But yeah, CM Punk, man. CM Punk is back on a WWE-produced show. It's not a, you know, it's not Raw or SmackDown or NXT, but it's backstage. And I was one of those guys that vocally over the years said, you know what, man, the way he left, fuck him, right? That's my thoughts on that, right? But, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not upset that he's back. Um, I'm also not going to like, oh, my God, CM Punk's back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm going to buy a ticket. Uh, I, you know, I can go either way. Um, I don't think I don't think the show needs him. But um, I don't think he needs the show either. But the fact that he's going to be on there is going to add to the show. But it's not in a situation where either of them need each other. If that makes sense. But it should make for interesting television. So we'll see where that goes. Sam Punk is back. And he's going to be um, a personality on WWE Backstage. So there you go. Okay. Wow. Man. We got Dynamite and we got NXT. And then, of course, we got some of the ratings. I want to talk about the results of the shows, uh, you know what? I'm just going to quickly throw out the results for each show and I'll talk about what I liked from each show. Cause there's one or two things from each show that I took away and was like, you know what? That was some good stuff. I was not blown away from top to bottom of both shows but there are aspects from both shows that grabbed me by the boo-boo. 
So here we go. Quick results. AEW Dynamite. Uh, where was it? Come on, man. I know this wasn't. Wait, was this the show? Do I got the right results up? No, I don't. Crap. Hold on. I apologize for this, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I had the right results up. Uh, you know what? Here we go. Okay. So AEW Dynamite started off uh, John Moxley versus uh, Michael Nakazawa. Very short match. Uh, squash, right? But it did what it needed to do. It was nice. Moxley came out. He put him away. He got on the mic. And he cut a promo. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good promo. You know, he's, he was very, very intense. He was, he was John Moxley on the mic, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's no other way to, to say it. It can't sugarcoat it. Can't hype it up more than what it was. It was John Moxley on the mic on an open mic with an open challenge. So he's doing the open challenge gimmick talking about, uh, nobody, nobody can, can stop him. He, he's an incredible stopping, uh, unstoppable, intimidating, badass on the roster, and there's no there's nobody in the back that could that could fight him, right? And people loved it. They ate it up. Uh Jurassic Express versus the Dark Order. The Dark Order saw a victory here. Um I I didn't I honestly didn't care too much about the match. But it did set up for uh Luchasaurus to make his return and what a pop he got. Um I like Luchasaurus. I really do. I wish him the best. Uh the Marco Stunt kid um i'm i'm slowly kind of kind of digging him a little bit uh jungle boy i think in the presented in the right light i think he'd be a huge star as well uh three-way match we got uh darby allen versus peter avalon versus sean spears and uh darby allen wins he defeated avalon and spears I, i just don't know what they're doing with spears i really don't when he first came on you know, uh, he was treated really bad. People were vocal about it, and then they put him in the program with Cody, and they led up to it, and it looked like he was a lot of promise to it. And then, his, you know, if you look at his record, it's not all that great. And then, then they started to kind of build him up a little bit. I feel a sneeze coming on here. I apologize if I sound weird. Um, you know, and then uh, he got some a couple couple decent wins. You know. But now, all of a sudden, like he's just thrown into this triple threat match, this three-way match, this triangle match, whatever you want to call it. He's just thrown into it with really no. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. Um, how do you how do you put together a three-way match just for the sake of having a match? In my opinion, I, I don't. I don't get that. I think a three-way match. I think has to have some kind of a build behind it. Oh, maybe I'm too old school. I don't know. But I was confused as to why the match was even taking place. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Darby Allen picks up the victory. Uh, Peter Avalon, I don't even know what they're doing with him. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if they even know what they're doing with Spears. I know Darby Allen. Out of those three, I do think that he does have the biggest upside. So for him to bit, get the victory definitely does make sense. Um, as far as the match itself goes, I wasn't completely entertained. And I don't know, I'm, I'm going like in depth with my thoughts on this, when I, I, I told, so I wasn't going to. Uh, Nyla Rose took on uh, Danny Jordan. Uh, Nyla Rose defeated Danny Jordan. Um, I thought Nyla Rose was was shown and displayed very, very, very good here. Um, 
I got no problems with with that match there and 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 the finish. Uh, Chris Jericho, here we go. This was the highlight of the night for me. Chris Jericho's promo, MJF come out. They had an exchange. Um, I think they have great chemistry with each other on the mic. They have a tremendous chemistry with each other on the mic. Um, I know a lot of people will probably say, you know, eh, you can't do do anything with with two heels like that together, but but you can if it's it's the right personalities, the right guys, you can definitely do something like that. And they did that. Um, MJF shined. MJF shined like like the star that he is going to be, like the star that he is on his way to be. One of the things I really liked about the promo too was um was Jericho talking about the similarities between himself and MJF, right? With like with like the uh the the scarf and, and all that stuff and saying that uh, maybe MJF's parents got excited one night watching him beat Juventud Guerrera 20 years ago on Saturday night. And that that's how MJF <laughs> MJF was conceived. Soak it in, man. Right. I thought it was funny. And then uh, it was great when MJF was like, oh, who's Hoofy? And Jericho told him, Google it, son. Google it. But a very nice promo here between the two. Um, and I thought MJF shined so much on the mic. And I know this, this is, you know, it's subjective. So please bear with me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I thought he outshined Chris Jericho on the mic. And that's a hard thing to do. But this early in his career, MJF and Chris Jericho had such great chemistry on the air. I'd love to see more from them. Uh, I thought MJF did outshine Jericho. It may not have been by much, but I did definitely think that MJF, he was the star of that segment. Uh, and, and it can only be great things going forward for MJF or Mary. Did not tear anything apart. This was This was great. This was just amazing. Um, and that's my highlight of the week for AEW. That was the thing right there. Like everything else I was watching, I was just like, okay, this is a wrestling program. But then that happened. Jericho and, and MJF, and I, I I sent some texts and tweets out to some friends and to the public and whatnot, and I was just, I was hyped on it. I said, this this is it right here. If you were going to watch, if you, were, if, you, if you planned on watching AEW, do not skip that. If you, by chance, you were going to skip anything, do not. You definitely watch that. Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Pac. Uh, it was the the uh, the rubber match between the two, and and, and Pac defeated Page. Um, I saw some people, even some of the AEW diehards, kind of talk uh, a little smacked about this match on Twitter, saying, "Man, we've seen these guys go at it three times now. What what gives?" Um, I don't, you know, there's no problem with seeing guys go at it more than one time. I mean, sure. I mean, when you're hyping up saying we're not going to see the same guys every week. Yeah, of course, you're going to expect to see different matchups, right? But in wrestling, you have to be married to each other in a feud for certain things to make sense for you guys to get over. One match is designed to get one guy over. Your next match is designed to get the other guy over. So by the time you have your third match, you're both over. You have your rubber match. Fans are on the edge of their seat wondering, damn, who's going to win this? Who's going over, right? And ultimately, even despite one person having to get the victory, you're both extremely more over than what you were before you had your first match. 
And that's what happened with these two guys. And, and that right there is a sign of a really good program. Now, I would like to see these guys kind of like split off just a little bit, do their own thing for now, right? I mean, we had a little mini program. But down the road, revisit this. Do one of those good old, uh, old-fashioned best of best of seven series that, remember, Booker T and, and, and Chris Benoit had on, on WCW. Um, that, that was phenomenal work between those guys because they can really go and work. And these guys, Paige and Pac, they, they could do that. So, you know, they've demonstrated that right now, that they can work. So just imagine how their characters will be if, say, you take six to eight months of them doing some other stuff and then you come back and maybe even start building around uh, the best of seven series next summer for them to have their seventh and final match maybe for the championship at all out or whatever they want to call it so I think that's what they should do Uh, Santana and Ortiz they demolished the young bucks they just beat the crap out of them they beat the shit out of them that's all I got to say, man. It accomplished multiple things at once, right? Um, that was it was pretty good. Young Bucks sold very, very well for uh, for Santana and Ortiz. Uh, and then uh, the AEW uh, Tag Team Championship match. SCU defending against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And SCU defeated Jericho and Guevara with Scorpio Sky rolling up Chris Jericho to get the win. Uh, good, good match. Um, wasn't like the strongest, uh, I think maybe as far as matches go for that night, yeah, match of the week, um, big story here. Sky got a pinfall over the world champion. I like Scorpio sky. I came up with Scorpio sky in the EWF, not his early days, but like his, the second half of his indie career, uh, from like 2010 up. Right. Called a lot of Scorpio Sky matches in my day. And uh, he's a great guy behind the scenes. He's a great, great guy. Um, athletically, as a performer, phenomenal talent. I've got nothing but good things to say about Scorpio Sky. So to see him get the win that he did on AEW Dynamite this week, it made me proud. It made me very happy. I uh, don't have too much time left to talk about NXT, but they're they're... There's obviously there's more than one thing. AEW, the highlight, the big thing for me was definitely MJF and Chris Jericho. And I would definitely say uh, recommend if, if by chance you're going to watch this, if you do skip through some stuff, uh, don't skip that promo. Don't skip the main event. And and I would I would recommend the Nyla Rose match. And the opening match wasn't too bad either. So overall, I mean, it was a good show. It was a good dynamite. Uh, now we got NXT started off with the cruiserweight championship match. Leo Rush defended against Angel Garza. This was match of the week, in my opinion. This was one of the best matches, especially cruiserweight style, that I've seen in a very, very long time. When I was watching this match, it reminded me of... 20, 25 years ago when I first started watching WCW and I watched their cruiserweight division. I can still remember back in 1996, the one match I was just watching Nitro one night. 
And I never, I like, I knew WCW was around. It wasn't too long after the NWO thing started, and NWO kind of maybe say, "Hey, WCW may be something to watch." But the one thing that made me say, "Hey, WCW is something that I have to watch," it was a cruiserweight match. It was Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr. This match between Rush and Garza reminded me of the feelings that I had when I watched Malenko and Mysterio for the first time. This was a great match. I would highly recommend everybody out there to to separate, set some time, man. Watch this match between Rush and Garza. It was phenomenal. I'm not even going to tell you who won the match, but it was a great match. Uh, then we saw um, Aaliyah with uh, Vanessa Bourne in her corner taking on uh, Zia Lee. Uh, Lee got got the victory. It uh, wasn't really like the strongest match, but it was it was all right. It was it was pretty good. Uh, then we saw Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee. Um, this was, man, there was a lot. A lot of stuff that went on in this whole match, the segment, all that stuff. It definitely pushed uh, war games big time. This was something that if like if you were wanting to know a lot about the build going into the takeover and war games and all that stuff, you, you, I wouldn't skip over this. It had a lot of a um, lot of lot of stuff, very strong that uh, connections to that pay per view. Um, Lee defeated uh, Strong by pinfall. Really good stuff. Good match. Good match. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott took on Bronson Reed. Um, uh, Scott defeated Reed by pinfall. Uh, it was a fun match, you know. It, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't boring. Um, I. It got me a little interested in these guys. I'm starting to slowly, slowly get into the whole thing. Um, it was. It wasn't bad, man. It, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that made me go, whoa, whoa, shit. You know, uh, Damian Priest, he made a statement by uh, ruining the whole Killian Dane and uh, Pete Dunn match. Uh, Pete Dunn was in the ring. He was prepared to fight Killian Dane one-on-one, right? Um, but Damian Priest ambushed the Beast of Belfast. And uh, the Archer of Infamy definitely made his present felt, right? He had uh, a somersault plunge on both men. Uh, really made him look really strong, and uh, that's always a good thing right there. The main event ladder match, Io Shirai taking on Mia Yim. And uh, I thought this was an extremely strong match here. Uh, these women put on uh, a, a really good ladder match. So the way that NXT started and the way that NXT ended in my opinion, I was more invested in the, in the opening and the closing of NXT this week than I was for Dynamite. Not to say that Dynamite wasn't good. It was. It was a very good show. But if I had to compare the two and how much that I personally was entertained and invested in, uh, NXT got it for me. Uh, I think I think Dynamite had better pacing throughout the throughout the whole night. NXT got me from the beginning. It kind of held me on a little bit throughout the night. And it really got me at the end of the night as well. Um, I'm not going to say who won the match. Because it's one of those matches, again, I would like to see... I would like to recommend people go out there and watch it. Ladder match between Io Shirai 
and Mia Yim and the aftermath. God, I I just want to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But it was a really good match. The, The finish, the finish really like it's been a while since I watched something and I'm just like, all of a sudden I turn my head and I'm just like really into it to the point where I'm like, Whoa, I can't believe this is happening. This is really good stuff. And the way that the NXT went off the air last night, it was good. It was really, really good. Um, so overall I had a, I had a really good fill of wrestling on Wednesday night this week between both AEW and NXT. So now we get to the ratings for the seventh week of the supposed Wednesday night war. It's not a war nowadays when a lot of people like to watch on demand. Not a lot of people are watching live. I'm not going to get into it. I just, we got the numbers for the seventh week. AEW won the battle again. They were up to, 957,000 viewers pulling a .43 in the 18 to 49 demo against NXT who got 750,000 viewers with a .25 in the 18 to 49 demo. AEW coming off the full gear pay-per-view had a 16% increase from last week. NXT last week was at 813,000 viewers so they're down. So there you go. AEW won the ratings this week in both the demo and uh, the amount of viewers. And uh, NXT saw a, a decrease from the week prior. And AEW jumped up. Uh, they jumped up by more than 100,000 people. So there you go. There you go. The ratings are in for the Wednesday night wrestling lineup. You know what? I like that. That's why I'm going to refer to it now. Not the Wednesday Night War, but the the Wednesday Night Wrestling lineup. AEW and NXT. Like I said, man, by the time I got done watching both shows, which I watched them back to back, I watched Dynamite first, then I watched NXT. After four hours of wrestling, which is a lot to get through, but it was a little easier than watching a three-hour Raw because three-hour Raw, it's a three-hour Raw. Four hours uh, on Wednesday night is two hours of one product and two hours of another product. So you kind of get different styles, different characters, different production, different booking, just different everything. So it's a little easier. I mean, obviously, I had a little buffer between watching both. I didn't watch just directly back to back. But but like I said, man, I watched both shows. Both shows had uh, some stuff that I was like, <laughs> and then both shows did have one or two things where I was like, whoa. Now that's cool. And to the extent that I I got to tell people about it. So both shows got that out of me this week. And that's something I've been wanting from both shows for a while now. So both shows did give me something that that did that that gave me the need, the want, the need, the need, the want, the want, the need. Soak it in, man. Uh to hit up friends and to put a tweet out there and be like, "Hey, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that you would like it too, so check it out. Anything else on the list? No, we hit everything, man. Full Gear, Sankara, Monday Night Raw, the Wednesday Ratings, CM Punk, MJF and Chris Jericho, uh, Rush and Garza, 
uh, Mia and Io, the ladder match. We hit it all, ladies and gentlemen, right here on World Wrestling Radio Live. Even got a little bit in the intro talking about stuff that really wasn't completely about wrestling. So, I think this is probably the most packed episode of World Wrestling Radio since the return last month. We talked a lot about wrestling, and it was really only WWE slash NXT and AEW. I think next week what I want to do is I want to spend some time talking a little bit about some of the other wrestling promotions that I watch. So I think next week we'll talk, uh, you know, talk up a little bit about MLW. Um, we'll talk a little bit about NWA, and uh, I'll watch Impact next week. You know, I've been a huge supporter of Impact the last year and a half. Them signing Joey Ryan kind of turned me off from it. I haven't watched it since that the since the day that that news broke. But I'll watch Impact next week. And, uh, you know, I think next week that's what we'll do. I think next week we'll talk about NWA, MLW, and Impact Wrestling. And, of course, if anybody wants to be on the show, you know, on Discord, we'll take your call. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about as well because this is your show. Live, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here at twitch.tv slash ringscoopsguy and ringscoops.com. So those that are listening to the archive, if you're wondering, like, you know, hey, man, like you're talking about all these different things, people calling in, sometimes there are people in the chat, like, you know, what, what, what do you mean by that? We were live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash ringscoopsguy, or just go to ringscoops.com. You get all the info there as well on how to tune in, how to call in, how to interact with the show. Just how to be part of the show, because this is your show. It's World Wrestling Radio Live, ladies and gentlemen. That about does it, man, for this week. I can't think of anything else that I want to talk about uh, in the world of professional wrestling. Um, let me uh, let me get some stuff up. I, I want to... We should raid... We should raid my buddy D. Let me uh, get everything set up so we can start doing that. Let me see if the audio is on. No, okay. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna raid my buddy D right now, ladies and gentlemen, that are watching this on uh, on Twitch. For those that are listening to the uh, the archive, thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Webmaster Wade Needham, saying thank you. Good night, and be cool.